So many trending comic books that you may have are spiking this week. But before we get to that, we have been working on a comic book, Crashdown, for upwards of a year. And as of today, the date of this filming, you can order it on previews. Yeah, Tom and I co-wrote a sci-fi horror comic, and I'm very excited that it is finally in the catalog, able to be pre-ordered. We've got art in there by living legend Ben Templesmith. It's also edited by Michael Calero. I've been a huge help on that, so thank you, Michael. There's also an incredible amount of variants going to be released by an awesome cast of artists. We have David Mack, we have Casey Parsons, Zoo Orzu, Jim Mafood, Johnny DeJardins. Oh my God, the list goes on. You gotta order them all. Earth is dying and the survival of our species depends on the few humans that get a chance to take the trip to Empyrean. And we're gonna follow the first 48 hours of their experience. I don't want Tom to spoil the whole comic, so I'm just going to shut him up and tell you guys, just go check it out. Go hit up your previews pull box. If that doesn't work for you, go to your LCS. Tell them you want to order Crashdown. You got a whole month to get your pre-orders in. We would really appreciate the support. There's really no better way to support what we've been doing. Let's get to the trending list. We've been doing that for like five years now. And we got Comic Butch in the house, the most popular comic books in the world, the ones trending this week, and we're here to tell you why. Hit the like, slap the subscribe button, and our Overstreet Price Guide advisor will hit you with number 10. Netflix is proving to be a problem with comic books, and this one has been hanging around for almost three years. Number 10 on the list, Sweet Tooth number one. We've talked about this since before the Netflix show first season came out, and it's back on the list this week because we finally have a trailer for season two, seeing $120 average sales and $235 high sale for a CGC 9.8, which is a 433% increase in copies sold this week. So you've got a total of 482 slabs graded on the CGC census. There are 168 at 9.8. We saw a record high of just under $1,000, 999 set back in June 2021, right around the first season of the show being out. A $1,000 high for a CGC 9.8, and it was a steep drop really quickly. It started averaging around seven to $800 almost immediately after that, and then it plummeted five, four, three. And now, although we did have a high this past week of over 200, the last GPA sale records a $173 9.8. Now, something I want to point out about Sweet Tooth, outside of it being a Netflix show that has been granted a second season, and that was, by the way, announced courtesy of Key Collector Comics. Inside sources let them know about that tip. Well, this was a dollar-priced comic book at release and was printed to around 18000 Vertigo pricing this at $1 was an attempt to get more people to get into a new book, but this also leads to some confusion with people thinking the $1 means it might be a reprint. It's not, and that's... That's why you can still find these out there in dollar bins, people who may have mispriced it. Even at $20 or $30, this is an absolute pickup because of how much it's selling for in a 9.8. We've talked about the impact binge-watching shows has on the investments and value of comic book collectibles long-term. Because the heat is very quickly put out when all episodes are released at the same time, it doesn't get that gradual marketing push like The Last of Us had recently. Now, Netflix releasing all the episodes at once is a lot like a movie, and I think if they were releasing them one at a time, kind of like Disney+, Plus, we may see more longevity from these comic books. Another hot comic that you may find on the wall that could very well have some longevity, number nine in the list, Hallow's Eve, number one. This is $4 average sales, price of a book. We are seeing 9.8s hit $65. This is the first solo series featuring Hollow's Eve, which is a villain introduced in Amazing Spider-Man. And whenever you have a Spidey villain, 
a spidey character to spec on. There's this added variable to the collectible that tends to push it in the right direction, especially in the early days. We've got a 233% increase in copies sold of issue one compared to last week, and it's only been out for like a month, like Tom said. This, this book is only even on the list because issue two of this series just came out this week. There's no like optioned news. There's no big event that happened in the pages of the book. It's just a hot series, a brand new character that people are interested in, and that's enough to drive sales of issue one of this self of this solo series onto the trending list. It was a slow burn. Upon introduction, all we learned was about our origin story. It was a great concept of a character and a very flexible character as well. You can put her in different situations because of her ability to transform courtesy of the masks that she carries. I also want to point out, this is a multiple issue limited series that's going to end right around mid to end of the year, just in time for October, where I think that she's really going to be set up to shine. Yeah, that's a good point. By the time this series ends, the previews guide for October should be coming out and she is called Hollow's Eve. So that does make sense. Speaking of Hollow's Eve, one per box, I have a Hollow's Eve number one Ariel Diaz trade dress variant going out to every member of the mystery mail call. Join the community, hit the link in the description, or just go to comictom101.com. The box is 35 bucks plus shipping. I pack it with multiple comic books, a bunch of exclusives, and that's not all. I'm not wearing this jacket for no reason. We have Guardians of the Galaxy 3 on its way, and just in time for the movie, we teamed up with Ben Harvey. Shout out, Comic Exposure. Davis Ryder and Carnivore Comics were putting in one per box, a trade dress variant of Guardians of the Galaxy number one, Ben Harvey variant. All comic collectors know how much pandemic affected the supply chain. We could not get bags and boards for love nor money. Now people are able to get more bags and boards. And this next number on the list is a prime example why you should consider getting some other sized bags and boards. Number eight on the list, Robocop number one, $125 average sale and $171 raw. This is a prime example why you need to have magazine boards at the ready. This is an oversized book. I purchased it so many times, and I didn't even know back in the day that it was the first appearance of RoboCop. I just thought it was a cool RoboCop cover. And take a look at the census count. A total of 19 slabs exist, and an increase of five of them have been added to the census since we last chatted about this mid-last year. Now, there's only five copies graded at a 9.8. The last GPA sale was in 2022. It sold for 552. People saw what this book was worth, probably didn't realize it, didn't realize how scarce it was. And the 9.6 in which there are three copies of sold in August that year for $800. And yeah, at the time that sale happened, there were only two copies of a 9.6 on the census. Also, we just got that third copy added in the last six months. We've got a 500% increase in copies sold to this book compared to last week. And like, like Tom and Russ mentioned, it is a good idea to make sure you're prepared, that you've got sizes of all different comic books, bags and boards at the ready. I specifically went out and bought myself a magazine-sized short box just so I could store all of the DC oversized black label modern books they've been putting out. But that would also hold a book just like this. Last year, Amazon purchased a film studio, MGM. They actually held the IPs for Legally Blonde, Rocky, The Magnificent Seven, Stargate, Pink Panther, Barbershop, as well as RoboCop, and they have now taken the time to start talking about what their plans are going to be at Amazon, one of which being RoboCop, possibly another film, which we've seen a lot of. We even saw a remake a couple years ago, or possibly a TV series. 
Now that list already sounds like a lot, but we didn't even mention that MGM's largest property is James Bond. Now, are we talking about this because of the acquisition or could it possibly be because the NYPD just announced that they have hired three robots to be on the force, which is gonna completely and be not a bad thing in any way, shape or form and never have a problem at all whatsoever Oh my God. Trust this, the machines. This is like Skynet, guys. I don't want this to happen. I think the mayor of, of New York actually said, trust the machines during that like <laughs> press conference. They don't watch movies. They don't watch this. It's, it's, it's the name of the movie. Whatever. Let us know in the comment section below. Are you pro robot on the police force? While we take a look at number seven on the list, spiking because of the Marvel's trailer. We have Amazing Spider-Man annual number 16, the first appearance of Monica Rambeau as Captain Marvel. Seeing an increase of copies sold of 314% this week after the trailer dropped, $125 average sales, and a CGC 9.8 hitting heights of $530 this past week. This is another one of those books that we have been talking about for a few years now. It first came onto everyone's radar when Monica Rambeau showed up in the Captain Marvel movie, but we didn't see the all-time high until she showed up in WandaVision, and we saw a CGC 9.8 go for $1,700 shortly after she got her powers. That was short-lived because we saw $1,200 for the same grade only a month after that, but a year after that all-time high back in 2021, we had another $1,600 sale for a CGC 9.8. So this book will go up there. People are willing to pay for it. And the fact that it's in the $500 range now, this is a great time to buy. Even though as a, uh, a man in his mid-30s, I might not be the target demographic for a movie like this, I think it looks like a fun kind of body swap action comedy movie. And it drops in November, so comes out soon. And Russ, do you think anyone was specking on this next book? Absolutely not, Tom. Nobody was specking on Grindhouse Drive-In Bleed-Out number five, which is number six on the list this week. And it was only two short weeks ago we were talking about a movie on the list because of Anthony Kiedis. And now, more musicians. We have 50 Cent and Nicki Minaj moving the needle on this book. You heard that right. 50 Cent and Nicki Minaj are bringing this comic to an animation, and we're seeing a 450% increase in copies sold, largely because I don't think a lot of people even knew this comic book. I sure as hell didn't, but it sounds fascinating because in this issue, we have the first appearance of Lady Danger, and she is an agent of booty. Hold on, Tom. It's an agent of booty. That stands for the Bureau of Organized Terrorism Intervention. Indubitably. And this is seeing a $45 average sale and a $92 high raw sale. Whenever you have the mainstream dabbling in comic book creations as well as possible like option status there's a variable that is unforeseen you can't really plan it and you gotta consider even though people may not know this comic imagine what one tweet one instagram post by 50 cent one shout out at concert by Nicki minaj will do to this especially considering she is going to be the lead voice actor so while I'm not a huge fan of the acronym B-O-O-T-I, Starburns Industries is a great production company that has Patton Oswalt, Dan Harmon, Dino Stamatopoulos, who you would know as Starburns himself, as well as Scott Ackerman, a lot of great comedic writers who have worked together on things like Rick and Morty and Community. So I think we're in good hands. And you may know another comic book based off of an animation led by this team called Alpha Betas, the very first whatnot publishing drop that features our editor, Michael Calero, as the artist. It's coming full circle. 
Also, while we're at it, we do want to give an honorable mention to number eight in the Grindhouse series, an incredible Milo Manara, really racy cover. This book itself is going for $80 to $100 on eBay with Key Collector mentioning that it was banned for sale in Canada. It was a little too sexy next on the list at number five. I can't believe we made it halfway through the list without talking about a Star Wars book, but it's that time now. Star Wars The High Republic number 7. This came out in 2021. It's so cool to see brand new books that are possibly being incorporated into Star Wars lore on the screen. $15 average sales, $55 for a CGC 9.8. We've got a 238% increase in copies sold of this book compared to last week because, mostly because, it ended up on Key Collector's Nick's Picks section, which is a list of books that Nick picks he thinks might be worth specking on. And I think this is a good choice because this is the first appearance of Darth Krall, a Sith Lord, an ex-Jedi who left the Jedi Order to become a Sith Lord. He's part of the Lost 20, a group of Jedi over the entire course of the history of the Jedi Order who have defected and fallen to the dark side and joined the Sith. With the announcement of the Acolyte, many members are specking on which Sith they're going to likely see. And they're looking in the pages of the High Republic for good reason because it's going to take place about 100 years before the prequels. Nick's Picks is a category, not just a random dude named Nick. Nick, who's really good at picking out comics. No, we're talking about Key Collector's creator, Nick Colonies, who spends all of his waking moments serving the comic community and learning and following the marketplace and curating a list weekly for the community. So I recommend you download the best comic app in existence, Key Collector Comics. Utilize code TOM101. You support the show, but you get access to this category, key alerts, and so much more. Before we move on, we got to mention the really cool Mike Mayhew variant that we've got for this issue of High Republic. So dope, yo. Darth Crawl right there on the cover, and it's it's impressive. Uh, I kind of want to track it down. Make sure to follow Mike Mayhew on Instagram. He's one of my favorite creators to follow there, and he's actually on Whatnot, killing the deals on all of his variants, and he produces a lot. Looking at the list now, at number four, we have Thor 134, possibly a character that people have underestimated, underspecked on, that could blow up, that has possible ties courtesy of information provided by Key Collector, to Silver Surfer and Galactus. This is the first appearance of High Evolutionary, who we know is going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. We are seeing $450 average sales and a recent high sale of a CGC 9.2 for $1,775. It's a 225% increase in copies sold this week. And the reason this book ended up on Nick's picks is Nick made a very good point that this character, his first appearance, seems to be being overlooked, uh, especially considering he's about to make an appearance, his first live-action appearance in Guardians 3. But when you consider the marketing campaign they've been doing for Guardians 3, they've been focusing a lot on uh, kind of the epic sort of sad nature of this movie. You get the vibe that some one of them, at least, is going to die during the course of the events. At least that's what I feel like is going to happen in this movie. You've also got a lot of shots of Adam Warlock. Uh, A lot of shots of Nebula, Gamora, Rocket Raccoon. I mean, hell, we know that this is going to be Batista's last film as Drax. So there's going to be a narrative focus there. But what about High Evolutionary? So, yeah, on top of all of that, there are inside sources claiming that we are going to get seeds planted via the High Evolutionary to Galactus and the Silver Surfer, which this movie feels already really stuffed to me. But if they're able to establish some other sort of cosmic threats here, I'm all for it. Now, I really love Chikwudi Awuji in Peacemaker, and I'm very excited to see him as high evolutionary in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And next on the list, an underrated book that everyone needs to know the cover from an obscure run of comics. We have Mystic Number 15. This came out in 2001, and I love this book because it is the first unofficial appearance in comic books of Harry Potter. 
We've been seeing $30 average sales for this book with a recent high 9.8 going for $160. There are 43 CGC slabs on the census altogether too. So it's a pretty uncommon book when you think about it. But they did just announce a new take on Harry Potter. Instead of a series of movies, they're going to turn Harry Potter into a television show, giving each book in the series a full season to breathe. I remember there being this debate when it first came out that it could have been the boy from Books of Magic, the Neil Gaiman book. But really, if you end up seeing this kid looks like Harry Potter, has a scarf wrapped around, they're like snitches from the Quidditch game flying over him. He's holding a wand. Come on, it's Harry Potter. But if you actually want his real, true, official in comic book appearance, it's also on the Trending 20 over on Key Collector this week. The Love is Love one-shot features the actual first in canon appearance of Harry Potter. We've got a 700% increase in copies sold of this book over the last week, and I'm just wondering why the hell we don't have an actual Harry Potter comic book series made by DC, who is owned by Warner Brothers, the same parent company who owns Harry Potter. It all fits. It's almost too simple. And now at number two, I'm so hyped about this news. We have been waiting for so long for any good news about the Blade production. It was delayed because they got a new director. There was a lot of creative differences. The movie got pushed a full year. No one's really been specking on anything Blade because there's no information surfacing. Tomb 10's been hot for years. Well, I think we have our first spec book to look at because Giant Size Chillers number one is spiking for a reason. So this is the first appearance of Lilith, who is the daughter of Dracula. It would totally make sense if she's in a Blade movie. We have a 975% increase in copies sold and $250 average sales and a recent high sale of $875 for a 9.6. Now we do have casting information that Mia Goth is going to be in the movie and people are trying to connect the dots that who's she going to play very possibly could be Lilith, but it is unconfirmed as of this moment. If you like the movie X, you definitely like the movie Pearl. And this is an actress who is very well versed on taking on all types of roles from the victim role in the horror movie X to the main antagonist in Pearl. This right here has grown my interest in the Blade movie since we got initial casting when it was announced years ago. Yeah, and late last year, we got news that the original director of Blade chose to depart the project, which is not something new for Marvel movies over the years. We've seen lots of directors split ways with Marvel Studios, but they put the movie on pause until they could find a new director, which they did a few months later. We've got Jan Demange is now directing Blade, and the movie has been pushed back a full year. It will take place in September 2024. I have been producing the trending list with these guys for five years straight every single week without skipping a beat. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Order Crashdown. I promise I'm not going to like shove this down your throat every single video, but it's, it's day one. I need your support. When he doesn't do it, I'll do it. So it's fine. Yeah. We'll get you covered. Apologizing in advance. Crash the number one popular book in the world, the most trending comic, is happening because of Agatha Speck. We have Marvel premiere number 12 with news confirming it. Yeah, actress Patty Lupone made an appearance on The View earlier this week to promote her new appearance in the movie Bo is Afraid, which Tom and I are very much looking forward to go see. Ari Aster, yo. Correct. She's going to be playing the character Lilia Calderou, and she actually released a whole bunch of information I don't think she was supposed to release. We're talking about the first appearance of this queen witch that makes her first and only appearance because she dies in this very issue, Marvel premiere issue number 12. A great Doctor Strange cover, a black cover that is very tough and high grade, probably why there's only 106 slabs on the census, and eight of them are graded at a 9.8. 
Now, this is a fantastic book from the Marvel premiere run, and there are so many great first appearances in this run. It's a sleeper, $30 for this book, and a high CGC 9.2 for $90. But it's number one on the list because it's 1,233% increase in copies sold. Absolute confirmation, which means this book went sky high. There are only being eight copies graded at a 9.8. We haven't seen one sell in over two years, and the heights it reached was 300. Keep in mind, some of the WandaVision specs skyrocketed to such an extent that those books now are struggling to raise up in price despite how hot they are. This one didn't really make the cut, mostly because I suspect they really just... We're thinking about needing witches because it's going to take place in the Salem witch trial days. And they just pull the name out of the sorting hat. I also think it's got something to do with the fact that we have not really heard pretty much anything about the Agatha show. I think it got pushed back a couple months ago. And ever since then, we really we just know some actresses and actors who have joined the cast until you got Patty Lapone going on The View and just spilling all of the beans and she just confirmed that all of these actresses are playing witches, which I guess makes sense. It's called the Coven of Chaos, and you don't cast Aubrey Plaza in your show about witches and not have her play a witch. So I guess that makes sense. Like and subscribe. Do you own any of these books? And as always, geek responsibly. Nuff said. Join me next weekend at Vegas Amazing Con, and I'm going to be chilling with my homies. We got Davis Ryder. Carnivore Comics, and you know we teamed up. We have a Ben Harvey Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Look at this. We got Manta, Nebula, and Gamora all on one cover, and we have the Virgin variant drop happening, so join myself and my homies. Links in the description for all three of our WhatNot pages, and have a great week. We have other videos for you to enjoy. We made them for you.